The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom. With Jason Ross. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. should be ahead oh that doesn't work no play pat tom and cody not me Mm. not me gross Hmm. (laughs) well good morning good morning welcome uh welcome into the program everybody it is uh monday February 26th. Isn't this, uh, this a leap year, right? It is. We so, have an extra day in February. Wow. And doesn't Tyrese Halliburton get a birthday this year, if yeah. I remember right? It's probably about six or yeah. whatever he is. Five or six. This thought it was funny. Like, what if that was a real law? They're like, sorry, you can't drive until you're, what would it be, 64? Something like that. Yeah. 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 Hey, good math. Yeah. Good math on the fly. I'm Dave. That's Jason. Uh, Christopher lied. Behind the glass on your home of the Kings. Let's kick it. Sacktown Sports. And, uh, oh, before I even forget, I got, got dumb goodies for you guys. Now, one of these is a slam dunk. It was the one for Jason. It's a dumb, stupid gift. All right. I'll give you a hint. It's a duck. It's a, a duck. duck. Oh. Hey, it's a Yankee ducky. Hey, Yankee ducky. It's a yucky. It's a, it's a yucky. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but the one I really struggle with was Chris, because Chris, once upon a time, and he, and you know we all have stuff in our past we hate to admit, right? But see, I I know a lot of the dirt on Chris. I know if we go back long enough, I know what his childhood nickname was. I know stuff he used Chris. to like that he's embarrassed with now. So Chris, once upon a time, was a West Wing fan like me. All right, and. Have you seen every episode or did you quit at some point? I forget. I watched every episode. And then when there was a watch along that came around a couple years ago, I watched them all again. Was that the one with uh, Melina and all those guys? <laughs> no, it was the opposite of liking the West Wing. Oh, 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 okay. So that kind of leads to where I'm going. So Chris, along with Chris, some of Chris's own, you know, Chris and I have always had a lot of fun sometimes. Um, debating certain things. Chris is a incredibly radical. I'm logical thinking, but I don't hate him for that. And I wanted to, I thought of him, we, we got a tour of the White House, and I was thinking of Chris a couple times because all I wanted to do was ask West Wing questions of the guy giving us giving us a tour, right? Like, hey, is that, where's the thing? And where's that? And is it true that... And and one of the questions I asked was, um, is it true that the presidential seal cannot be uh, purchased or sold for any reason? There's a whole segment where C.J. Craig, the press secretary at one point, is giving gifts to people. And she says, and this is really special because it's a federal law. The seal of the president cannot be sold, whatever. Well, and he looked at me and he's like, ah, West Wing guy, because that was my first question. And it turns out, nope, there's an entire gift shop. Of- Aaron Sorkin got it wrong? Uh-huh. Hmm. 
Yeah, there's in fact, as a matter as a matter of fact, at some point this week, I'll be wearing my brand new Patagonia vest I bought with the seal of the President of the United States on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It looks like you're going into a flood territory. <laughs> it really, yeah, exactly. Like I'm here to comfort, right? So I learned that. However, we did get small gifts. Um, and this person, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say. It was a friend of a friend. We got really lucky. And this Joe guy, Biden. This guy mm. works on the uh, on the, on the speechwriting staff. I'll I'll say he works on the speechwriting staff. And so he had some time off. The president was out of town. He's like, "Yeah, dude, I'll do that." Um, so he he reaches in and he, he reaches into his drawer and he he gives us some gifts. And I got this for you, Chris. Okay, these are these are not sold. These are these are chocolates. Oh, with the seal of the president of the United States on it. Now we got another uh, uh, bag of Hershey's Kisses that are wrapped in like little American flags that also have the seal, but they also have the signature of the president and the number and all that. These are generic presidential. Because it could be I, from any president. It could be from any. It could be from whichever president you want it to be. It could be whoever. I figured it might be worrisome getting you something with a specific president on it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give these to you because I, I actually talked about this with my wife. I, I said I want I want to give them to Chris. This is it's, he'll appreciate these, but you have to promise me you're not gonna like do a thing with them because I'll get I'll give you something else. Like you can't like do a video where you're blowing them up or burning them in effigy. Or, this is what I think of your chocolates, <laughs> right? Exactly. Or you're like uh, you know you, you have you have to promise to caretake them. Otherwise, I'll, I'll give them to somebody who would appreciate them. And then I, I got, just so you know, I have a backup gift for you that I'm going to give to, I'm going to give to somebody else. That's not as cool, in my opinion. But, so I'll, I'll leave you the choice. Like, you can say, yeah, dude, I wouldn't trust me with those. Or you can say, no, no, dude, that's that's special. I'll hold on to them. So it's either this or what's behind. Or what's behind <laughs> door number three, which I assure you is not as, I don't think is as cool. But. You know, it's just that my backup gift is like a, a token, like, oh, hey, I was here kind of thing. You know, like think like, it's not a magnet, but think of like a magnet. Gotcha. So anyways. I'll take the chocolate. OK, okay all right. I was waiting. OK, I was, yeah. I, I, me too. Yeah. OK. Uh, so, yeah, um, I don't know. I'm supposed to do a whole I feel like a, a goofball doing a whole recap, but trip was great. Good. Honestly, I would say this. Um, the whole point was getting the kiddos. I said this before. Avery's gone to college year after next. Mason's got three years left. And try, it's almost like we're trying to do as much as we can. And I, I, I would say this. You know, we did like the uh, the promo for uh, Clear and it was Clear and something else with Sam Amick the other day. Was it uh, credit card? Oh, uh, Amex, yes. I would just, I would, I've said this, I think, before on the air, but I, I would just reiterate it. Like, we took the, you know, shout out to JetBlue and their route out of Sacramento. I think they do it once a day. Uh, it leaves at like 1120 at night and it arrives at JFK at like, I don't know, 7 a.m., 730 in the morning, Eastern. Yeah. It, it is, it is the easiest. Flight. Did you sleep? I didn't. And neither did Mason. Avery slept about half the flight. I don't know. my Well, I do know how my wife did it, but she, <laughs> my, my wife medicated up on the way in and she was out. I looked over maybe because tw- I was sitting with one kid, and then she was across the aisle with uh, Mason. Or I was sitting with Avery, and uh, I look over to say something to her about I don't know. We right, it was right when we got to ten thousand feet, and they say you can use your stuff. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I look over. She's got her headphones in, little eye mask. Yeah. She's, she's she's out. out. 
the whole flight. Flight. Good for she, her. Oh, dude, I was so she jealous. She slept the whole flight. So she took some performance dehancing. Dehancing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Doctor Burbs came in and took care of her. So she was out. Uh, Avery was out for most of it. Mason and I were just like, I tried. I just couldn't. And plus, we were look. We were on like the world's oldest. JetBlue plane. Mm-hmm. You know, they say like... Uh, I pay my taxes? <laughs> yeah, they say like every seat back has a little display. Yeah. Not ours. Optional. And I don't know what they use for padding in the seats, uh, but it might have been marbles. I, I don't know. <laughs> it was not great, but even then it was fine. It's it's, it's like five hours out there. Um, and, and even though we didn't sleep, you get off the plane, you're in JFK, which is insane in the airport, and then you get into Manhattan and where we were and you're just like, okay, well, I don't need to sleep because I'm in New York and everything is insane right now. Um, that city never sleeps. It never sleeps. It's the big apple, uh, blah, 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 blah. I, I did notice something too, by the way, uh, New Yorkers are absolutely obsessively tired of the Jay-Z Alicia Keys song empire state of mind, because it is playing on every street corner by every tourist trap possible. We even, I, I was like, okay, I get it now. Like that's, that's the thing. Um, but I would just say this, um, and, and I should probably post this with numbers, but, and I understand like, look, money's a thing and, and not everybody, you know, I, I, I'm very aware when I say stuff like this, that, Hey, a lot of people are struggling right now. I'm just throwing out there. Cause I think it, it, it would be useful to some. Our 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 flights round trip were about two hundred and fifty bucks a person. Like round trip. The whole the whole thing two hundred and fifty bucks. And I think we paid an extra like forty for an extra carry on bag or whatever. We stayed at the West End in Times Square. Ooh, wow, nice hotel, right? It's like hundred and forty bucks a night. Um we were able to do everything out there like incredibly cheap. We rented a car. Um, oh, you drove in New York? Dude. Wow. I rented a car from Dollar Rent-A-Car. Uh, I was driving in New York. Let me tell you something, doggy. Uh, doggy. Let me tell you something. West 52nd Street, New York, about a mile, eh, 0.7 miles from, uh, uh, it says, from our hotel. Whew. Now, the good news was we left and we, we were there right when they opened at 7 a.m. And we got out of New York. And even then, it's busy, but it's not as. Um, driving in New York. <clears throat> driving in New York is like being in a constant two-minute offense drill in football. <laughs> like, you have to be so aggressive and careful at the same time, which is incredibly hard. I was like, listen, until we get out on the road, please, everybody, shut up. And just I have to be I have to be pay attention to everything, and <clears throat> excuse me out here, you know if you honk your horn that's a big deal. Like out there, that's a form of communication for them. Like everyone's constantly honking their horn. I told Nick that's the equivalent <laughs> of giving a middle finger because he just like, out here. Yeah, he's just like, why is everyone freaking out because I use my horn? Oh, dude, you can't. You're right. That's a last like you meep at somebody, and yeah. there's like friendly meep like meep meep. I'm here. Yeah. I see you or whatever. Yeah. And then there's the New York. Want to go? Yeah. And dude, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it takes a while. There's an adjustment there. And even then, I was like, I didn't use my horn. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Excuse me. Yeah. I, I, I have to get through, please. I've missed this line. Eight times. 
So it's my turn. I will say we went from New York to uh, the plan was we got up on Tuesday morning early and we headed to D.C. We found out the night before because we had a tour of the Capitol. And thank you to uh, Congresswoman uh uh, Matt Suey's office for setting this up. By the way, that's not a hookup. Like, you can just write your congressperson and get a tour of the Capitol. That's like a, a regular thing. And that's what we did. Um, and, and, and she set it up, and and, and our, our tour guide, Howard, was was really cool. Um, we had that for noon. Well, we get a, I, I get a text the night before from the guy that hooked us up with the White House tour, which was a, a hookup hookup. And I was like, yeah, we, we can do it at 11. And the rental car place opened at seven and it takes three hours and 53 minutes. I remember that looking at my map to get to the white house from there. So we barreled through, we, I actually thought it would be impossible. And then I discovered something I would heard of, but I never experienced before the new Jersey turnpike. Hmm. Oh my God. The new Jersey turnpike in short terms, from what I read and experienced, <clears throat> it's basically this throughway separate from all the other freeways for people that are traveling between like Philly, uh, DC and New York so that you can like, it's specially made as a, as a bypass. So you can bypass all the other trafficy crap and just roll through super quick. And they have all these like rest stops set up with gas and food and all that. And I know it probably sounds like I'm describing stuff out here, but no, it's different. It's like its own expressway. And we dealt with like no traffic. It was straight through the whole time. I had no idea. It's a genius thing out there. I've always heard about it. I've heard of the New Jersey Turnpike, but I didn't realize it was that. So we get to D.C. <clears throat> immediately. Hey, kids, D.C., we're here. All right, we're in the White House. You got to go through all this crazy screening, obviously. Mm, sure. But then you had to go through, like, double crazy screen. And I will tell you the thing about, the, yeah, yeah, that's not going to work. I'll tell you the one thing. And Chris just said one minute. I'm like, yeah, come on, dude. Um, I didn't realize, first off, everything in the White House, obviously, is incredibly old. Right. Um, also, like everyone is constantly walking really, really fast and you have to like pin up against a wall. But we're in this guy's office and we went into the um, the Toby Ziegler's office. We were in the communications director's office and the guy I was with is taller than I am. He's about six, six. He had to bend his head down and I go, why why are the ceilings so low? Like, legit, my hair was rubbing up against the top of the ceiling. And he just casually turns to me and goes, oh, well, about three years, some mod, I think he said three years ago, they uh, retrofitted the oval with a lot more technology and stuff, so they actually lowered the ceilings. And I like, I'm like, okay, and he continues. And then I go, wait, wait, hold on a second. Wait, they were fit, but where's the oval? And he goes, oh, it's there. We were like direct, the speech, it's directly, we were directly underneath the Oval mm. Office. And I'm like, oh my God. So, okay, that, right? Okay. We go through all that. We got to see the Rose Garden, uh, the where they do all the press stuff and blah, blah, roses were not happening. Uh, <laughs> then we go straight to the Capitol, to the Capitol. Um, what did I find out about the Capitol I didn't know before? Oh, there's a tiny little door at the base of one of the, the interior walls that legitimately looks like it's out of Alice in Wonderland. I'll show you the picture. It's a door that's like fit for a mouse. And they had no explanation as to why that, nobody knows why that door exists. It's really still kind of freaking me out. It's like right where all the offices are mm -hmm. of all the Congress people. I don't know. Uh, we ate our way through Washington, D.C., went to Ben's Chili Bowl. That was neat, both that night and the next morning. 
we went to 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 Philly uh, and saw the Liberty Bell. Uh, that was all right. I thought it would be bigger. Yeah, truly, I thought it would be bigger. It was. It's it's not like a little ringy dingy bell, no. but it's it's not that big. Right. Uh, we saw the room where they did the Declaration of Independence. That was pretty cool. Um, and then we ate this giant market that we need here called the Reading Market, and uh, I had my first experience with something called a chopped cheese, which is basically a Philly cheesesteak, but instead of steak, it's like smash burgers cooked kind of crispy on the outside, and then they kind of chop them up a little bit and put them in with all the ingredients. That was neat. Um, and then the only other part of the trip I could share that would be relatively interesting whatsoever is I book all of our trips. <laughs> uh, I don't know what happened this time, but... I booked a carriage ride through, a horsey ride through uh, Central Park uh, a week off. I booked our flights a day off. I booked uh, our tickets to, uh, my daughter wanted to go see Wicked. We went and saw Wicked. That was a week off. I still actually have, if anybody wants four tickets to Wicked for uh, Thursday in New York at the Gershwin Theater. Maybe. I got you covered. Um, I don't know what happened, but I booked a lot of things wrongly. So you double paid for that? As of right now, I have everything else I've been able to take care of. I have not. I don't. I got to call the place today. I don't know what I'm going to do right now. I'm out six hundred bucks in wicked. Ooh, yeah, exactly. That's dude. wicked. It's just it's lame. Oh man, I'm out of cash. Also, Broadway shows, super respect them. Like a lot of talent. Also, you know, like I respect. It's like watching. Uh, what do you like watching ping pong? You're like that's what it's like. Well, here's the thing: like you watch p- people playing ping pong, and you're like, "Oh my god, these people are amazing!" But like, I can't watch it. I can watch it for like a couple minutes, but then next thing, it's like everybody's just singing. Yeah. I've heard going to the theater is like going to the movie, but paying way more for it, dude. Way more for it. Like, way the tickets are insane. They're insane, and we got discounted tickets. They're still insane. So. It was fun. It was neat. We packed a lot of stuff in there. I would just say if people, you know, look, if you have with a little bit of strategy and, yeah, a, a little bit of, you know, save up a little discretionary income, that's a lot more accessible than I think people yeah. think. And super educational, uh, getting to see the the Arlington National Cemetery, and the, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the, the the Eternal Flame, all that stuff. And you've been out there. Like, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. So, all right. Got a lot in. Got a lot in. And uh, come back and there's drama and there's Kings games and there's... All of that. So sit back, relax. We got a big, fat, hairy show for you today. I, I see earlier, yeah, Frankie's going to. Frankie! Frankie! He's going to join us uh, later on today as well. It's David, Jason, it's Chris. Back in whole again after uh, our vacations and ready for the summer push. Right here on Sackdown Sports. Let's do it. Leading off the three top stories in the morning. Huge news. This is very important. Here's cut number one. Zubats feeds to the baseline, stolen once again by De'Aaron Fox. Anticipated it perfectly, came up with a steal. Number three in the NBA in steals coming into this game, averaging 1.9 a contest. He's had multiple steals tonight. Fox hesitates on the right angle. He hits the floater. Two more for Fox. Light the beam chance in Los Angeles. What a delightful sound. It was a delightful sound. Like great. Uh, yeah, that was that was unexpected. I'm not gonna lie, that was a little unexpected. I understand. Why? Because uh, I understand Paul George wasn't playing. Right. Oh, so they won a game with someone else didn't have it. Like I thought they lose all right. those, according to everybody. Oh, hey, like I like I said earlier. Uh, I think I said it last night. 
Uh, I, I hate the fact that when the suspensions were announced for Miami, like my initial reaction was like, oh, God. But there, it, there's, look. I'm going to look this up because I think it's a little over. I could be wrong, but I think it's a little overplayed. I I think you're right, and I freely admit because that, last night has to count as one that's of course absolutely right. we can't and, switch. Well, it was only Paul. Wait, what's the difference? It that's ab- a starter, an all star. But I, 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 it first off, full stop. It's overblown. Yeah, I, I admit that it's one of those fan things. that's, you know, it's like I, like I'm, uh, you know, was sensitive about Tim Legler's comments mm-hmm. on Sabonis last night. But then you look at it, and it's like, well, okay, it was fair comments. However, is that the that's what you got to bring up after a big win? Okay, whatever, fine. We're we're I, I, I totally get the sensitivity about yeah. stuff like that with fans. And I'm I'm a you know dumb fan. But look, there's there is some there is some there are legitimate reasons why I think Kings fans are especially gun gun shy this year. First off Somebody explained to me how we barely escaped San Antonio as our first game fully rested out of a break at home. And then we go into the L.A. Clipper, one of the hottest teams. You know, I, I understand they they lost mm-hmm. recently, but one of the hottest teams in the NBA, we, we throttle them on the road, almost wire to wire. And it's the the Charlottes and the Portlands and the Detroits at home. Right. This is a Jekyll and Hyde team this year. Now, last year after the break, they were one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, and And – you 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 really hope that they look at this Miami game coming up that still has you know Bam Adebayo and friends, mm-hmm. uh, and they go okay, uh, we're on a back to back now, second of a back to back. You're at home. Uh, it's the first game back from a road trip. <laughs> uh, and oh by the way, you have Denver and Minnesota coming up, yes. and then that really not that the schedule is easy after that, but Jason after this little mini road trip to Denver and Minnesota Wednesday and Friday. That's the end of the gauntlet. Yeah, I think they only have eight road games left. I think you're right. I think you're right. After Friday. And and they have one more East Coast trip, Toronto, Washington, and Orlando. They do that in March. I think there's a second one, isn't there? Uh, no, I'm, I apologize. You're absolutely right. Then they go uh, in early April. You're absolutely right. New York, Boston, Brooklyn, OKC. So they have four there. Then they have three with that Toronto trip. Yeah. And then they just have the one against the Lakers. Sweet, yeah. The rest of the time, I mean, you're looking at a six-game homestand starting with San Antonio next Thursday. Uh, A five-game homestand with a a Dallas back-to-back in there. And then they finish on a three-game homestand. The cards are lining up. And the fact that they have the opportunity with a win tonight to be 11 games over 500, they're going back to Denver again. That's a game I feel like. They should absolutely lose, even though they're three and zero against Denver. Yeah, but see, that goes back to three and zero against Denver. Not once has Denver been f- complete. So they've won you're, all three games. You're right. But then we'll swing. Well, they're three and zero against Denver. You're right. Wait, but these are games where they didn't have their full roster. Okay. Well, if you're if we're gonna play that game, <laughs> sir, and I think we should. Yeah. Do we? Do we? we let's set a ground rule. Like, it, is it like one starter out? Like what? Because like we could probably go to every game and be like, oh well. Uh, Freddie Solomon. Yeah, it has to be a, because, like, tonight, um, who's out? Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. And uh, Nikola Jovic. Yeah. Now, we wouldn't count. And like, Thomas Bryant. So, two yes, bench players right. and a very important piece. Wait, hold on. And Thomas Bryant. Wait, am I tripping? Isn't Thomas Bryant? He's the one that was in the fight with Alvarado. <gasps> that's right. That's yeah. Right, that's right. That's right. I mean, they actually were swinging. 
Who was the one that was choking Jimmy Butler? Um, Najee Marshall, maybe? Was it? I don't know if he was choking. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, it looked like it. Anyway. anyway. Um, but what are the ground rules? I think it should be a starter. Yeah, like, and we can, like, play, like, because if it's, like, you know, Don Smith or whatever, the fifth, but you get my point. Yeah. Like, you know, like, we wouldn't count Nicole Yogi. Well, they beat no. Miami underhanded. It's but Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, but, that, like, last night, Paul George. That's a big, big, yeah. big deal. Uh, and we're, uh, we're skipping ahead to cut number two. Let's do that. Cut number two. Gives it up to Butler. Butler's just milking the clock now. Difference between the clocks, five seconds. Miami fans coming to their feet in mass. Franchise win number 1,500 to be achieved in five more seconds. They take a shot clock violation. The Kings will get it with 5.1 seconds to go. 115-106. And the seven-game losing streak for the Heat will be halted. King's not even looking to take it to the front court. They just dribble out the final seconds and there's the buzzer. And so the difficulty of winning in South Florida continues for the Sacramento Kings. 36 visits, only five wins to show for it. They've now lost the last five times they've come into this building. Final score is 115-106. Oof. Yeah. It's revenge time. It is. January 31st, uh, not that long ago. And in a game, I felt like the Kings should have won. Because that was <laughs> another one on the list. Another one on the list. They, Miami, I think it lost 64 in a row. Something like that. A prox. Yes. And uh, the Kings were not able to pull that out. Um, so let's just get away, Jason. That's right. You know what? I'm making fried chicken tonight. Oh, well, then it's a W. I'm soaking in buttermilk yeah. right now. Let's get a win. You're going back to fried chicken for the third time. Wow! Yeah, I, this will be the third time since I made it for the first. My son, my son, and I can't get enough. Okay, it's we, finger looking good. It is. It is finger looking good. And honestly, if there's any leftovers, I should bring it. You should. Have I ever done have slicer. I ever done that no. once? Not one time yeah. have I brought it. Have no. I? One of these days, I will. We'll take a break when we come back. We got some notes from the weekend, uh, including. One of college basketball's all-time traditions might be going bye-bye. Talk about that right here on Sacktown Sports. Michael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Call or text at 916-339-1140. On Sacktown Sports. 1-800-920-1140. You can always uh, join us. Join the party. We're having a party here. We're having a good time. Dave, Jason, Christopher Lodge. So good to be back with all of you. I'll tell you this. I think I've I've unlocked the code, Jason. He, you had you went to LA, spent some time, had had a blast. I would think great trip. Yeah, had a blast. Normally, I use this All Star break as you do too. We to, to you know try try to take some time off, and normally I go to like Mexico or something, right? And then when I come back, there's like that depression that kind of sets in after your vacation's over, and you got to get back to the grind, dude. I unlocked it because. We did so much crap and went to did so many things. Like when I 
I feel like I'm on vacation right now. now. Yeah. Now it's like this is relaxed. This is easier than your vacation. I'm so happy to be back. Like Good. I, I'm usually when I come back. You know this. I'm usually like, in summertime in baseball. Blah, 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 blah. Now I'm like, bro. I just drove through Manhattan traffic. <laughs> I am good. Let's. I talk can honk the horn now. I can honk the horn all day long. Yeah. And uh, let's honk it with Steven. Good morning, Steven. <laughs> good morning, man. Welcome back. Thanks, brother. <clears throat> So Christmas Eve, eighteen fifty-one. You were there. You remember that? I do. Uh, there was a fi- there was a fire at the White House, and it burned the uh, burned the library that was there. Um, so the night that it happened, there was no water access anywhere. So they built those tiny doors um, because behind those tiny doors are water spigots, so they can uh, have fire access. They can suppress fire everywhere you're so if you were kidding. On the third, i am not kidding you so it's basically an old school 1850s 1860s fire suppression system there's a it's just a quick way for people to get water to key areas in the white house um there is your pointless well, no. it was it was a christmas present really that's great it, it right how did a tour guide not know that? I mean, he was like 22. Steven should have been the tour guide. I showed you the picture. It was yeah. like a little mouse mouse door. It's like where uh, Jerry lives from Tom and Jerry. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's for uh, So they just kind of covered it up and made it a... Why do I have the poster from Lucas in my photos in the middle of one? All these pictures and stuff. In the same trip? And then, yeah. The, no, it's right in the middle. Like, to the left is uh, me. Oh, it was, uh, there's our, our tour guide, uh, Howard. And yeah. then to the right is uh, Lucas. Uh, where Obama sat at Ben's Chili Bowl. Uh, oh, okay. President Obama. And, and, and then in the middle is Lucas with uh, the late Corey Haim, Charlie Sheen, Carrie Green, and went under. What happened to Carrie Green? Very green. The cheerleader, the blonde. Yeah, I don't even know. You don't know? You, I, I did not see Lucas. You never saw Lucas? No. That's uh, Carrie Green. Uh, oh, hi, yeah, Carrie Green. You, you've probably seen her in a show. Yeah. There. Uh, we were talking during the break, too, before we get into the rest of this stuff. If, um, you know, you are an SNL honk. Yes. I watch like many, kind of like how I watch the Jimmy Fallon show. When there's a viral clip that goes out, I you see, see it. it. Yeah, It's actually perfect for YouTube. Uh, what SNL? SNL? You're 100 percent right. It really is. And so Shane Gillis, I didn't even know the whole Shane Gillis backstory. But I got over the weekend, and that was controversial and bloody blah, 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 whatever. Um, but if y'all haven't seen the unaired, and it's all it's all over. Um, oh, thank you, Chris. Here's a picture with the door open. I gotta send this to our, oh, yeah. our tour guide with that White House door. Or uh, you're gonna Capitol send it to door. Howard? I'm gonna send it to Howard. And be like, this is what it is, bro. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the unaired. <laughs> commercial for uh liberty mutual please do so yeah. it's honestly one of the best parody commercials i've seen in a it's one of it's maybe you'll get this it's as shockingly funny the last time i remember seeing something on snl that was this out of nowhere funny in that that way was the uh god this had to be a long oh, a long time ago um the dead poet society skit where at the end everybody stands up and the dude's head gets chopped off by the ceiling fan and everyone's screaming. I haven't seen that one yet. You have too. <laughs> of course I have. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Mr. Bunting. Mr. Yes. That dude, <laughs> one of the most unexpected laughs uh, we've we've ever seen. Um, it was not funny over the weekend, as I uh, clumsily segue. Uh, there was a court storming. And 
there was an injury due to the storming. Now, this is the the the, the second time this has happened recently. Was it was it uh, was it Caitlin Clark? It was. Yeah, uh, uh, who was bumped into uh, not that long ago or smashed into whatever you want to call it. it didn't look very. It didn't look like a bump. It was it was very uh, uh, very quickly. Um, and uh, Kyle uh, Filipowski uh, was injured uh, from Duke. Uh, when Wake Forest beat Duke uh, 83-79. And as we've seen many times, the court is stormed. Uh, we've seen this thousands of times in college sports. So the first question is, I would say, is like, well, why is now different than 10, 20, 30 years ago? What, 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 is, what is different? And I don't know if there's something you can put your finger on. Could it be, well, it's just everyone's gotten lucky so far. My guess is there's been other court storming injuries. We're just in a different world. Yeah. I think also, again, this isn't the blame, but I think you have to also acknowledge social media now, cameras, phones. You know, you have a video recorder, a 4K video camera in your pocket. You know, everyone wants to do whatever. And we just live in the society now where everyone just kind of freaks out. Um I guess the first question is, do you think storming the courts in college should be outlawed? And, and by the way, and do you think that should carry over to storming the field in football? Which, by the way, they're padded. They have helmets. Right. But. But, I, I mean, it's also, we're, we're talking about the players. Like, do we, and I don't want to say, do we care less? What if, what if a fan got seriously injured? Mm-hmm. Right? Seriously injured. I think there'd be. Well, you were dumb for getting on the court? Well, I, th- I think there'd be less, honestly, yeah. I think there'd be less sympathy. Yeah. And, I do. I mean, the reality of it, this situation specifically, um, same thing happens, let's say, and nothing happens to Filipowski. We're not even remotely talking about we're not. it. not. Just a nice win by Wake Forest. They were happy. They celebrated. So they've happened before. I don't know that they're done responsibly. That's chaos. Yeah. I heard someone say, well, the solution is have them wait 10 seconds. A mob of people. Hang on. Hang, hang on. Yeah. Like, that's there's not no how it chance works. of that. That's not how it works. It's an instant reaction. and Like, you either, but here, for example, I think if the Kings somehow won a, a championship on their home floor, yeah. people would want to, but it would be roped off, court yeah. off, secured. It just wouldn't be a lot. Like, Have there, we seen happen. that before in the NBA? Not to my knowledge. Not in the last, you know, 30, 40 years. I can't years, remember that knowledge. either. Even for a championship, I can't remember. The, the, the court stormings, I remember, like Detroit and Malice yeah. and the Palace type of thing. Yeah, not, it's a college thing. So you're able to figure out how to stop it in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you could do that in college. Yeah, doesn't happen in the NFL. The problem also, Jason, and weirdly enough, I'm, I'm in a strange position to be able to talk about this uh, that I wouldn't have been two weeks ago. Is as you know, a college basketball game isn't always a college basketball game of the same type everywhere. And what I mean by that is there is a difference between Duke and Wake Forest mm-hmm. and uh we had a random night where, where the wife and, and, and daughter went to go see another show. I, we needed to find something to do. Everybody was out of town, so Mason and I took the subway uh, to Columbia University, and we watched <laughs> Columbia University versus Brown uh, in an Ivy League game. Yes, the level of basketball was questionable, but whatever. It was a very entertaining game. I cannot stress enough what a low rent, and I don't mean this disrespectfully. I just mean this was like a glorified high school setup. Like we had courtside seats for I think thirty bucks a piece, and you just the the players 
walk through the concession area mm. to their locker rooms while people just move aside. Like this is a high. It really is. If for some reason there was a court, they don't, they don't have the infrastructure right. to do that. And I would say that's probably true. It's seventy percent, eighty percent of college basketball games. You don't. You have volunteer. You have kid volunteers. Yeah. Sophomores in, in college that taking tickets for credits or something. Like you don't have they're not hardened security folks and they don't have the money or the budget to do that. These sports are hanging on by a thread. So yeah, your your D one, Louisville, Dukes, UCLA's, yeah. You're gonna stop that at uh, you know, Weber State versus right. Marshall. I mean, I think if there's if there's a yes or no, I'd say you have to ban it. Yeah. I would say you have to ban it. And I don't think it – like when people are like, that's the college experience. It's not the storming the court. It's the bands. It's the atmosphere. Right. It's the cheering. It's uh, – the game. all games aren't resulting in storming the court. So if you're watching Florida State and Clemson, yeah. it's a great game. Yeah. Um, it's the atmosphere. It's the bands. It's just the environment. You're not waiting. Oh, I hope they storm the court. Like that's sure. – That's not – if it, that's a byproduct of it. That's not, hey, this is what makes the game great. It's part of, yeah, it's yeah. it's an accoutrement. It's yeah. not, it's not. So if that was missing, if that was taken away for reasons, because mm-hmm. like a lot of things, we've screwed it up. Yeah. Then you take it away. We'll take a break. We'll take this uh, part away. We'll pay some bills. When we come back, Fans Fest, mm. big over the weekend for A's fans. Can it help, though? They're coming and, out. They're coming out. And uh, a few other notes as well from the weekend, including a new job for Eric Bieniemy. We'll do that next. in local sports. They just make it interesting, you know? It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. On Sacktown Sports. Say, uh, say to Chris. Hey, how long do we have? Oh, uh, we're back. <laughs> just a slight tinge of disdain in his voice. Welcome back to all of you. Dave, Jason, Chris, Frankie joining us a little later. You've got yourself your uh, Yankee Duck. Mm-hmm. The Yankee Duck. The Yankee Duck. Thank um, you for sharing that Liberty Mutual commercial with me. I mean, dude. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm just shocked that, like, I, if you're Liberty Mutual, are you happy or not about that? I hope they laugh at it. I hope it's you're happy sh- with it. I hope they share it around the office. Well, the the advertising area, the free ad advertising area, get out of it is yeah. insane. Yes, they're one hundred percent going to show it around the office, but also your beloved mascot is a dirty cop who shot somebody and then did a line of cocaine. So there's that. I mean, but maybe yeah. that's the image they want. Wait in the car. Wait in the car. <laughs> You're dirty, Lemu. Uh, I'm freaking jacked. 
Uh, A's Fans Fest was huge over the weekend. It drew more than a spring training opener, Love which it. is uh, it's interesting. A lot of ex-players in attendance as well. They had uh, there was a little controversy while I was gone. One of their uh, their their big beer sponsor drinks brewery uh, pulled out, and there's a mystique and intrigue as to whether or not they were either directly or indirectly pressured by the A's to pull out. Now Drake is a um. As I understand it, they're a uh, a beer that's sold in the Coliseum. Uh, I, I, the answer is I don't know, uh, by the way. I don't know. I truly don't know. Um, I didn't ask anyone. but and, I'll, and I will happily publicly apologize to the A's if this is proven wrong, but I would be absolutely shocked. If there, of course, there's going to be pressure. You, you've got, a actu- you've got a, a, an active client slash sponsor in the Coliseum that they have served beer there going to an event that is openly bashing the A's, their hierarchy, and their owner. And there's a real easy workaround. I think the A's came out to Casey Pratt, or or it might have been our friend Brody, uh, Brazil, and, and said something, you know, off the, you know, uh, sor- sources say the A's, you know, the A's didn't, have not spoken to Drake's Brewery or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you can just as easily speak to the distributor and be like, well, if you want to be in here next. I just, yeah, for Drake to pull out, days before and they knew they were going to be screwed when it came to uh, a lot of bad PR uh, th- there's just a lot of dirty pool going on right now yeah and I know we've compared naturally what happened here to what's going on with Oakland what I'm seeing Dave that's I see some similar traits um, at the very beginning it seemed like well there's probably no way to save this mm-hmm. there's there's like a little bit more yeah. wind behind that now yes. and then now the community, the fan support, that really started to grow with the Kings at rallies and different things. And you're yep. like, hey, here we build, here we buy, whatever, all the different things that were going on. But like when people needed to show up, it's like, wow, that group was 10. Now it's 50. Now it's, you know, like the numbers are starting to grow. And certainly with the A's, it's happening right now too, which I know this was a pretty pl- uh, significant and planned event, but they showed up. They showed up. They're loud. They're, they're boisterous. They're committed. I, sp- I spent some time over the holiday thinking about this whole situation and something occurred to me, Jason, I wanted, I wanted to throw at you. And that is that there's something that stinks about this. And I'm not talking about the general only oh, is leaving. Of course that stinks. There, there's something off and I don't know why you've heard the same reports. I have right. Confirmed reports that Joe Lacob has an open offer to buy the athletics. Yeah. John Fisher is being absolutely torched publicly, has no friends. Everyone hates him. He's a national mockery. And he's moving this team to Las Vegas, a much smaller market with a lot more competition near. It doesn't make sense to move it from Oakland to Las Vegas, get your name trashed. But also there's an open offer. Now that's something we didn't have here in Sacramento. KJ and and friends had to manufacture the offer. I have a really hard time believing that if there is a legitimate offer to buy the athletics from John Fisher, why would he torch his name Move to a smaller market, smaller revenue, new park, 
Why would he not just sell to Joe Lacob? That's what I need to know. I need to understand why either the offer doesn't exist, the offer is tiny, which I have a hard time believing Lacob would, would embarrass himself like that, and he's shown he's more than willing to spend money. They finance Chase Center privately, like the dude has the cash and the connections. But why wouldn't John Fisher sell? And why wouldn't baseball encourage that? Oh, you're mean, you mean we could sell to one of the most successful owners in basketball who bought that team from Chris Cohan and completely turned it around into one of the, the biggest dynasties in the history of the sport. They have a brand new arena. He, Joe Lacob is a model owner in sports, period. And if baseball has the opportunity to tap into that, and to continue to be a huge part of that, what, what is dip, what is what is behind all of this? Are are the Giants politicking behind the scenes with baseball and Rob Manfred? Are they? Why is there no relocation fee? Why are they not stepping in? Why are they willing to allow this team to play for three or four years in Oakland at the Coliseum when it's going to be a public joke? Jason, I just I stepped yeah. back from the situation. I went, what what are we missing here? Because it makes absolutely. No sense. Yeah, I think at some point this week we need to have Casey or Brody on. I know. I think Casey was on last. He week. He was. Yeah, but that's all right. I mean, because there's always something involving yeah. here. There are red flags everywhere, aren't there? Though. Yeah, and it just makes you wonder why. I mean, we're, we can see it, right? Why aren't others that are involved and deeply involved and connected and they have to see it? And even you know enough people in his team, you know, saying like, "Hey, is that better end game here? Look, if it's about money." It's here. It's here. There's an offer. Right. And, I mean, not that he – we're past the point. I don't even know if he's worried about saving his name. Sure. But there'd be – I mean, at the end, look, at, at the end, the Maloof still had to sell. Right. If you hate him, you hate him. I can't tell you to not, but they, they didn't have to. No, they, they did, did not have to. They did. They, you're absolutely right. And the right. team stayed here, and they said some things, whether you liked it or not. Yes. But I think in the end, I think they were happy that the team stayed. I do. I, I agree. I, I, I agree. With you. I know for a fact they were. So do you. We know yeah. they were happy right. the team stayed. They were a hundred. Look, yeah. say what you want about the Maloos yeah. in this town, and they were going to go right, but that, but you cannot put John Fisher and the Maloofs. Right. It, it is a compared to John Fisher, the Maloofs are Joe yeah. Lacob. Right. That that's anyways. Yeah. We they had to get, sell the team because they spent so much on the team. They what? Yeah. Say, what? They had to sell the team because they spent <laughs> right. so much right. on the team. Right. Well, we'll have to figure this out at some point. We got. We're we're going to cover this throughout and. Really try to get to the bottom of a lot of this stuff. We'll take a break. When we come back, what did last night's win do for the Kings standings-wise? What helped and hurt? We'll talk about that next.